The future of project management is changing fast. On Projectified with PMI, we'll help you stay on top of the trends and see what's really ahead for the profession and your career. For an easy way to stay up to date on Projectified with PMI, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music or pmi.org slash podcast. Hello, I'm Stephen May and this is Projectified with PMI. I'm here with co-host Tegan Jones and today we're exploring career development. We're talking about the skills that are increasingly in demand in the field of project management and project leadership. In our last episode, we talked about how advances in technology are changing the nature of work. While it's true that machines are taking on jobs that were until recently done by humans, adopting new technology also creates jobs that didn't exist before. We're also seeing a trend continuing toward a different approach to work. More and more people are thinking of their work in terms of projects rather than long-term jobs, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, and as people move in between jobs more frequently, they're really starting to focus on what are the skills that I need to develop in order to make myself more marketable. And what we're seeing is that really it's the soft skills that companies are looking for more frequently. According to PMI's 2018 Pulse of the Profession, four in five executives say that soft skills, specifically communication, leadership, and negotiation, are more important for project managers today than they were just five years ago. Yeah, it's interesting to watch this trend. We hear very frequently as we're listening to the thinkers, the writers, the practitioners in this space, emphasizing the importance of what we often call soft skills. And if I take one example, you mentioned negotiation. Now you could unpack that to include a lot of different pieces, but from a project manager's perspective, very often he or she is operating in situations where they don't always have full positional authority. They may be in a room with a group of key leaders trying to gain funding for a next phase, trying to acquire additional resources for work that needs to be done, trying to create alignment and commitment to a plan or to a schedule. And all of these things are really elements of negotiation. And that might be one of the reasons we're seeing such an uptick in the demand for project management skills. So last year, Anderson Economic Group conducted a talent gap analysis that was commissioned by PMI. And what they found was that the demand for project managers is actually growing faster than the demand for other types of workers in many countries. So Over the next decade, or from 2017 to 2027, the project management labor force in seven sectors is expected to grow by 33%. It's going to create nearly 22 million jobs around the world. You know, there's an interesting connection to another trend that we've talked about before, which is this increasing emphasis on the need for project managers to be deep in their industry vertical or deep in a particular function or in particular technologies that they're implementing. So I can imagine situations where people that already have that depth but perhaps don't think of themselves as project managers or at least as career project managers, they'll have the opportunity to explore that. That's something really interesting that Lindsay Scott is going to talk about a bit more later in this episode. The RS People Benchmark Report did list out the top three things that hiring managers are looking for when they evaluate a candidate. And two of those things are real-world experience and sector expertise. But what I thought was really interesting is that the third thing that they're looking for is someone with the right personality and the right professional approach. And so it, it circles back to those soft skills and those negotiation communication capabilities that people really need in order to land that next position. And there's still a challenge because you can have that depth, that expertise and that experience, but there may be a gap between having it and your ability to convey it. So what have we learned about what it takes to convey that so that you can use it? to 
parlay uh, all of that experience into the next job, the next project, you know, the next career move. We're going to learn a bit about that from all of our guests in this episode. We'll talk to Manuel Solera Coca, Managing Director for PIN Technologies in Mexico City, about what it takes to become a project leader and even start your own business. And Lindsay Scott will share some of the hiring trends she's seen in the UK. But first, let's hear from Deepa Kalangi, Senior Project Manager at Magellan Health in Portland, Oregon. She wrote a book called Cracking the Toughest Project Management Interview Questions. So I reached out to her to learn about what some of these questions are and see how she suggests project management candidates prepare so that they can be ready for whatever a hiring manager might want to throw at them. Prove to me that you're honest in one minute. Yeah, stuff like that. Let's see what she has to say. What are hiring managers looking for? It varies by job description and sector, but there are some qualities that are valued across the board. For example, a 2017 survey by Glassdoor found that 9 in 10 hiring managers are looking for an informed candidate, someone who is prepared for the interview and understands what experience is relevant to the role they're applying for. It's a simple concept, but many candidates get it wrong, starting with a resume or CV. As Deepa Kalangi explains, the first mistake many job applicants make is trying to fit in too much information up front. Somebody that's a strong PM would have their resume very clear in nature, concise in nature. They would have what the program or project is and what the team size is, what type of a matrix organization it is, and things like that. So if a resume has everything reflecting all of these things, then that's a good resume that I would pick. But once someone's in the hot seat... Kalangi wants to hear less about what type of work they've done and more about how they've delivered results. If that person is able to tell me this is what I have done in my projects and these are the kind of issues and risks I have seen and this is the approach I have taken to solve the issue or the risk along with the team's help, whoever is needed, involving the right stakeholders, having the right conversations that will all help help me gauge whether they have used the problem-solving skills or just have done the typical project management where you would just go to a meeting, conduct a meeting, and then, you know, just update the project plans and then, you know, send out the notes. To see if job candidates have the right attitude, she asks for examples of how they've managed past conflicts. The ideal situation would be your project is going smoothly and, you know, there's no issues, which would never happen. If there's a conflict, you should be able to expect, guess that there's a conflict coming in and then try to resolve, try to nudge and understand what they are going through. Everybody has their own set of issues, or it could be personal, it could be work-related. But if somebody says, it's not my job, I'm waiting and nothing happened, then that definitely turns me off. Candidates also have to be ready to answer tough questions that have no right or wrong answer. Kalangi says she sometimes asks impossible questions, just to get a view of how a job applicant thinks. So the toughest question is when the interviewer asks, An impractical and unrealistic question, like for example, you are given three months of time and you are given nothing, right? There's no requirements, there's no scope. It's you, all you know is three months is what you have to run this project. So how would you do it? So that's basically testing the candidate's ability on how they approach to resolving it. Not necessarily you are able to achieve the goal of three-month timeline, right? Obviously, you are going one layer after the other. So let's say the team is over-allocated. Then you would see what kind of projects they are being assigned to, what their that project's priority is versus this project's priority. And what is the impact if this project is not gone on time? 
versus the other projects. And then there is an escalation process to the leadership team that all that approach is what we are looking for when we are interviewing candidates. The modern interview can even be more challenging than it would have been a few years ago. It's not that uncommon now that an interview may only be 30 minutes. So not only are you trying to convey your experience, your technical expertise, your prowess as a project manager, but you're trying to do that in a context that expresses your ability to solve problems. Absolutely. The power really is in those specific details. Really explaining your thought process behind each of those steps along the way demonstrates not only that you understand the basics of project management, but that you are a critical thinker and that you can get the job done regardless of what comes your way. Bringing specificity allows you to not only demonstrate the core project management experience and capabilities and knowledge, but to connect it to industry verticals, connect it to specific strategies. And if you can do that, then you're starting to really reinforce the confidence of the person on the other side. Business acumen, understanding business strategy, these are skills that are just becoming increasingly important for project management professionals. And this is something that Lindsay Scott talks a lot about. Lindsay Scott, she works for a recruitment agency in London, and she writes a monthly column about career development for PM Network. And I recently reached out to her to ask her take on exactly what are some of the most in-demand skills for project managers and what are the things that people need to be looking for out into the future to make sure that they're going to be able to make that next big leap in their career. Perfect. Let's hear what she has to say. Hi, I'm Lindsay Scott and I'm a director for Arrows People, which is a specialist recruitment agency focused on project management. One of the things that we'd found here in the UK especially is that from our benchmark report, which is looking at different trends and, and things in project management, we've always asked questions of organisations that are looking for project management talent and asking them how easy or difficult they might find it in terms of finding the right kind of people. And through our research, it's consistently been quite high. It's about 80% in the last benchmark report of organisations that find it quite hard to find the right kind of talent. And there's a couple of reasons for that behind that figure. The first one is about the salary or rates on offer for people are not matching the kinds of skills and experience that a project practitioner has. So therefore, we're not able to attract people into the their positions that they have. But also on the flip side to that, there's quite a lot of what we call academic project managers that have got got a lot of um, qualifications, but not enough experience for the types of roles that organisations are looking for today. So you're probably wondering as a project practitioner, as you listen to that, what is it that organisations are actually looking for in project practitioners today to fill their open roles? And it's, it's not an easy question to answer, as you can probably imagine. But the first thing that is very obvious is that organisations still do need what we would call those traditional technical skills around project management, what we call bread and butter project management techniques and projects and methodologies and that kind of thing. That still exists. That's still what's required within organisations today. So what we found over the last couple of years is that a lot more organisations are interested in this hybrid approach to delivering projects, being able to get things to the market faster and smarter, and that we're working in a more complex world. And we want teams to be able to work better together in order to be able to deliver projects more successfully. But from a project practitioner's point of view, that means that there are new skills to be 
learned in this area. So if we look at the PMI's talent triangle, where we have seen traditionally where the comfort zones are of doing development around the technical abilities, what we're seeing is that obviously the other two parts of that triangle are becoming more prominent. So we know that the behavioural side of projects has always been important and remains so, but probably even more so than ever before, because it's not just about being able to deliver the projects, but also these complex and complicated projects mean that you need to be building more relationships across an organisation. And let's not forget the third aspect of that triangle, which is called business management. But ultimately, this is about the project manager being able to understand where they figure in the big picture, because they still do need to be able to influence and take a part in that bigger picture. It's understanding the organisation's strategy, how projects are getting chosen through portfolio management, and ultimately how these projects get executed by them, the project manager. I like the point that Lindsay made about complexity. Managing more complex projects in increasingly complex business environments requires a more diverse skill set. You need a wider variety of technical skills to support a hybrid approach. And layered on top of that, you need to build strong relationships with all your stakeholders in order to execute at a faster pace. People are more likely to respond to you quickly if they know you and they like working with you. That's just human nature. But putting in time with stakeholders also helps build their confidence in the work you're doing as a project manager. That trust makes them less likely to drag their feet when you ask them to turn something around faster than they're used to. This theme also came up in a conversation I recently had with Manuel Salero Coca, Managing Director for PIN Technologies in Mexico City. Manuel has had a long and successful program and project management career in the tech sector, and he talked a lot about building trust as a foundation for career advancement. There's definitely an art to building trust with your coworkers. Let's hear what he has to say. Manuel, it's great to have you with us today. I'm always personally curious about how someone got to where they are. So I don't want to miss the opportunity to get into that and also to hear how other people out there who are thinking about building the kind of career that you have can learn from your path. But first, let me just say thanks for being here. Great to have the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you to you for for your invitation. So let's dive right in. You know, you have held important leadership roles at large global companies. You've been with Samsung, you've been with Ericsson, and now, of course, you have launched into the startup world, and you are the managing director for PIN Technologies, headquartered in Mexico City. So you obviously, from your career experience, you had developed deep technical skills, but are there specific or unique skills you would point to that may not be obvious to someone looking from the outside that are important to making this kind of a leap? I think the self-learning skills, very, very important. Also very important is the adaptation. Adaptation is something that when I say adaptation, actually I say survival and it applies not only for organization, applies for yourself or everyone, the capacity of adaptation, and together with that comes the awareness for the environment. You always need to be aware where are you standing, where the company stands, where the what is happening in the world, the domestic level or global world. If you think about what's needed now, is there a greater gap in what we think of as classic project management skills? Or is it a greater gap in what we might think of as more soft skills, some of the things around leadership and influence and change management? 
Or is it even, uh, or is the gap more in the area of industry expertise? Right. I think the core skills remains uh, pretty much the same. I mean, leadership, communication, adaptation. Uh, what is really different today are the formats and the performance speed that you need to be effective. Uh, you know, there, is, there are too many ways to communicate. You need to provide instant communications uh, to take a a lot of uh, decisions in, a, in an everyday and every minute basis. Another key skills that I think the project managers should learn is, is innovation. Uh, innovation as a systematic way to find new solutions because uh, the project doesn't work in a silos anymore. You need to interact to, with too many people, with too many industries, with too many professionals from different fields that really the innovation is a very important tool to develop because it opens the door for finding solutions and to empathize with the rest of the people and to be able to provide value, not only for your team and your organization, but also for the, uh, your customer and your customer customers. When you have an opportunity, you have a need uh, on your team to fill a project leadership, project management role, What's at the top of your list for the skills, the capabilities that you're looking for, that you're prioritizing when you need to fill those roles for your own business? I like to focus in the, in the capacity of the people, my teams, myself even, uh, in rich, uh, efficient results, tangible results, something that you can measure. That's just from, let's say, from the technical point of view, the real uh, the practical point of view. Uh, but the other thing that is very important to me is the quality of the relationship that the people shows within the team. I mean, uh, if these people have a good relationship with the with the rest of the people in a, any ethical and professional manner, yes or no? How well uh, these people collaborate within uh, within the team and outside the team with the different stakeholders? Can you give me an example of where you've been observing someone who was already engaged in a project environment, perhaps in a project leadership role, and you saw that they really had achieved a level where they were ready to to receive that kind of next big promotion. Give me an example of where you've observed and said, okay, she's ready because of this. Normally in a, in a governance meeting or in any, in any project meeting, uh, the people that brings you a set of solutions instead of a list of problems, is a people that you need to look for. But if in that meeting, it just become a, a complaints about the problems and how we cannot do the things, I think you are you, you need to improve your, your, your team and you need to find that uh, leader that comes natural with solutions. And then you test, you, you test, give a mission to that people, in particular with no really, with guidelines, better than instructions, just broad guidelines of what is the purpose, that people will solve it. And then you can delegate a very big parts of the program or the project to that people and, and, and you only will act like, like a mentor. And that also is very, very useful because uh, when you leave the project, you really uh, have the confidence that the project will be still on track because there is someone else that, can, that you can trust and the people can trust and the customer can trust to, to drive the project. Where do people get tripped up? Even though they've got good skills, they've got experience, where do they get tripped up? Where do they find that they're either stumbling in their career or stumbling in their leadership of major projects? 
sometimes we focus, we tend to focus uh, in the technical stuff because I don't know, it's like uh, the most tangible thing. But the lesson learned in my experience is that in the end, the technical difficulties, it's always find the solution sooner or later. But if in the process you damage or you lost your human touch, that will be very difficult for you to, to develop the skills that you need to be successful in this project and in another project. For instance, okay, you, you might have a success in that project, perhaps, but perhaps you will lack the recommendation that you will need for your next assignment, for instance, or you will lose the confidence or the trust of some part of the teams of the stakeholders, and it will act uh, against you in the end. Talk to me about the key factors that you see either building or damaging trust in a project leadership, project management environment. Where does that trust come from or how does that trust get damaged? The trust comes directly how you align to the organization purpose, how, the, how you understand the project you are implementing to that organization, have you understand what is the culture of that organization. If you understand that, you are able to communicate at all levels what is the project status, what is the project goals. The people need to see needs to see the project managers are the leader of the of the project. And that means the people that have all the information or the best information to take decisions. So the leader needs to build that trust, to build that level of confidence with the people and to be able to say bad news at the right moment with the right uh, uh, with the right people and communicate what will be the alternative or what will be the consequences if we don't take actions or we take the wrong action and so on and so forth. So it's something that builds every day within the project, within your work environment, and also outside your project. This is something that uh, never leaves you. So we, of course, have been talking with Manuel Salaro Coca of PIN Technologies, P-I-N, PIN Technologies from Mexico City. Manuel, one more question before you take off. If your son or your daughter or your friend says, I want to build a successful career in project leadership and project management, and you only get to give him or her one piece of advice, what's the one piece of advice that you give? I never stop learning. I never give up. Better advice never given. Never stop learning and never give up. With that, Manuel Solero Coca gets the last word. It has been a pleasure talking with you, Manuel. Thank you for joining us on Projectified with PMI. Thank you for listening to Projectified with PMI. If you liked this episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music. We'd love your feedback, so please leave a rating or review. 